there's nothing more telling than the expressions on on an individual's face being able to see them as opposed to just hearing the tone of voice, right? So the, the more senses that are involved in the process, I think the more improved the experience can be. You're listening to CX Confessions, brought to you by Koros. In each episode, we'll share the customer experience stories and insights you need, straight from the sharpest minds in CX, to better connect with your customers and create customers for life. Let's start the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back to this fresh episode of CX Confessions. I'm your host, Catherine Calvert, joined as always by my amazing partner in crime, Mr. Spike Jones. I'm the CMO of Koros, and Spike Jones is the GM of our strategic services business. Spike, we have a great show today. Great show. I'm super excited. Things are going, things are good. I got no complaints. Well, well not no complaints. I got some, um, you know what? I'm good. And I'm excited today. Excited about our guest. Uh, we, we got to chat with him. It's been a while. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to get a refresher of that conversation and then add to it, but I'm excited. Well, I'm sure our listeners are now on the edge of our se- edge of their seats. Who could it be? So let me tell you a little bit about our special guest today. It gives me enormous pleasure to welcome Mr. Jeff Harling. Jeff is the head of global self-service for Zoom. I don't know if you've heard about Zoom, what? Spike, but it's- Are they a startup? Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. The, okay. I th- it's the it's one of the few uh, companies that became a verb uh, in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody knows Zoom. Jeff comes to Zoom with incredible background in the customer experience world. At Zoom, he's leading digital support strategy for Zoom's web experience. So he's got the chatbot, search engine, content, knowledge management, and uh, the brand new Zoom customer support community. We're very proud to call you guys a customer. Anyway, back to Jeff. He spent the last two decades leading transformation in digital customer support experiences, just prior to Zoom, he was at a little company called Ring Central. He's also worked at Zendesk, Avaya, Comcast, in similar roles. He's a four-time JD Power Award winner and member of the Tech Services World Star Award, Hall of Fame for service delivery and content yeah. knowledge management. So not only does this guy actually practice customer experience every day, but he's also worked for some of the leading companies that are thinking about designing solutions for customer experience. He is dialing in to join us from Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks, Catherine Spike. <laughs> That's a <laughs> humbling introduction there. Uh, wow. We are uh, humbled I, to I, have I, you. I'm pretty sure most of that is true. Uh, but that was, <laughs> that was, uh, thank, you for, uh, thank you for the great introduction. I, it's, it's great to be here. And I think uh, I, I love the uh, opportunity to, to, to chat with industry experts like yourselves and really just kind of commiserate on what, uh, what's working and what's not out there. We can go well, back further next time we introduce you. He was yeah. born on a cold day. <laughs> but maybe on the next plains time. Of, um, yeah, it is a lot easier to have somebody else tell your story. I think it's uh, anyway. We are we're honored to have you here. We would uh, we've gotten to know you a little bit. You were actually a guest at uh, one of our big customer events uh, last year. You had just recently joined uh, Zoom, but I think you know this show is called CX Confessions. You have actually had a front row 
to the evolution of CX as a thing that we even know, right? It stands for customer experience. That that was not vernacular we were all using a few years ago. I would love for just to start there. When you think about CX, the evolution, why do you think it's become so so much a part and parcel of how companies today think about going to market? Oh, you you know you mentioned in the intro two decades, uh, so probably before <laughs> want to make the, you feel <laughs> right before CX was even coined as a term. I think uh, we weren't weren't really talking about customer experience. You know, twenty years ago, it was a uh, uh, Google hadn't even IPO'd. Uh, the iPhone was still almost a decade away. In thinking about how customer experience has uh, has really evolved in that time. I think it's evolved and it hasn't evolved. Uh, what's interesting about customer experience is that, um, you know, as a child growing up or the age of my parents, you know, we, uh, there was an in-store experience, right? That was that was how we bought products. We talked to experts that explained to us how that dishwasher worked or the new fangled gadgets on our car. And uh, that was where we went to get support as well. And, and interacting directly human to human was kind of the norm. Uh, we had evolved into making phone calls to get support. Uh, but you know, really hadn't hadn't advanced far beyond that. But in the past twenty years, just think of the directions that we've gone. Now we're you know we're we're building out uh, that those same in person experiences in a virtualized space. You know, we're uh, attempting to uh, duplicate those through use of chatbots and AI, SMS, and uh, you know robotic robotic process automation uh, flows and so forth. All in an attempt to really recreate that experience that that you know was the norm uh, more than two decades ago so I think that it um, it has evolved um, it's evolved into different platforms and different frontiers um, but I think that overall the the actual experience itself has not right it's it's still expected by us consumers to be uh, very personalized very you know uh, focused on knowing me knowing the products that I have knowing the experience that I desire and building to that so the best companies out there are, you know, they're. Uh, I think that they're uh, they're they're keeping their ear to the ground to understand what uh, customers really and truly want, which is far more than just a, a website with a knowledge base of content that they can Google search. They're they're really looking for uh, for an experience that treats them like persons or people, <laughs> not yeah. as not like tickets or cases. Mm-hmm. So that, that I think is uh, what, you know, for again, in, in the purest form, CX when done correctly is, is really, um, um, you know, uh, accepting of that, uh, that personalized experience that, that all of us, I think have, have come to demand. Um, yeah. It's like, uh, I, I, it's like electricity. Like when you turn on the lights and they just come on, you don't think about it, but if they don't come on, then it's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Same thing. I, I kind of think uh, about CX. Zooming in a little bit, see what I did there. You see what you see what I did. There? My dad. My I'm dad sure he's never so heard proud. that before. My dad would be so proud. Um, <laughs> through the lit. I mean, as Catherine mentioned, you've been there just over a year. Your Zoom versary, Zoom aversary. Your you, whatever. 14 <laughs> months you've been there. Um, and before 2019, people knew who Zoom was, but you know, just because they had touched up the, the technology, bumped up against it, if you will. And now, of course, it's a verb, as Catherine said. Through your lens, especially through the lens of CX, how has Zoom really evolved over the time that you've been there and even a little bit before, before they became so huge? Yeah, I think uh, there's probably, you know, two sides to this. One is how has Zoom evolved and how the other is how has how has our industry really evolved to 
to mm-hmm. adapt to mm-hmm. this this kind of post Zoom era that we're in now. I think that you know prior to 2019 or in 2019 before uh, COVID hit, I think you know folks were used to this you know, just working in the office and, uh, you know, uh, working uh, amongst one another. Um, There was always uh, some degree of human interaction. We are quickly transitioning in March of 2020 to, you know, to a work from home or a distant um, experience that was remote from one another. And, you know, immediately there's a, there's a gap, right? There is a, there's, there's that, uh, that, 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 lack of, of human touch and human interaction. Um, and I think that, that Zoom very nicely, um, you know, uh, traverse that, that gap mm-hmm. in, uh, in our ability to, to, you know, interact, um, and provided a, a, a face-to-face experience almost, uh, almost seamlessly, uh, from an, an office experience to the, the at-home experience that we have. Um, I, I think that it is now, you know, <laughs> I hate to use the, the term it's the, it is the new zoom normal for, uh, for interactions, uh, through business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, this, this will never go away. I think mm-hmm. that it may reduce to, in, to some degree when we uh, return to the office uh, through some sort of normalcy, but uh, there will always be some aspect of, of human interaction that will be re- forever be replaced uh, by this, uh, this, um, you know, this, this video experience that we're having right now. So I'm, I'm super excited about the fact that there, you know, no longer are we, uh, you know, are we bound by, um, you know, our, our geography, our uh, distance between one another. I think that that's probably the, the biggest positive outcome of the last two years. Return to the office. That's funny. That's what you're very funny. That's funny. I heard it. I just hope they they let me travel again. I just hope they let me go to other places. Uh, There is that. There you go. You know, sometimes we, Jeff, we don't always talk so much about our guests' particular companies, but Zoom has been such a pervasive meme, for lack of a better word, for for this this. pandemic and post-pandemic new normal, as you, you were talking about your, you talked about your parents. I mean, my, my, um, my mom knows how to zoom. It, it is, it's not just work. I had always known zoom as a work app and then it became, uh, it became the dominant way to spend time together virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, that creates an immense amount of pressure on a, um, on an organization to support that experience and make it feel connected and, uh, painless. And the IT needs of my mother versus me are quite different. When you think about what's happened to zoom, the zoom boom, uh, what is, what is, how has that changed for you thinking about, um, that CX journey? Like even just, I think in the last few, few months, or certainly in the last two years, uh, zoom has really, I think, changed the way people expect to interact. That puts a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there, Catherine, but I, I think, um, if, you know, in looking back, uh, with respect to the zoom boom, I, I think of human interactions of, as having been kind of sinusoidal in our, you know, in our, our over the last many years. And, uh, you know, initially when contact center and that industry really began to um, grow, it was, uh, you know, it was all about the phone call and maybe, you know, potentially the cutting edge companies were also introducing email as an interaction channel. Um, we, you know, we quickly moved to, you know, virtualizing experiences and, uh, supporting chat and, you know, other, um, you know, I guess asynchronous methods. And that has been probably, you know, uh, prevailing recently, but now that, uh, you know, that we've, we've moved through the zoom boom and we've introduced this video component that is now accepted by all walks of life, uh, 
starting with children in school all the way through, uh, you know, um, senior citizens, our, our parents and grandparents are using it. It's, it's now an accept, accepted form of interaction um, that I think previously, you know, was was one that was feared. Um, and so uh, it's 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 done a lot of good, I think, for bringing back the personalization of of customer experience. I think that there's, there's nothing more telling than the expressions on on an individual's face being able to see them as opposed to just hearing uh, the tone of voice, right? So the, the more senses that are involved in this process, I think that, that the, the the more improved the experience can be. I think that's Funny, a great point. I, I, what was uh, my children had Zoom school for a while and now they're back in school and they've been back for a while. We've been very lucky, but walking to school this morning, my youngest said, you know, I kind of, I think we should do in-person one week, Zoom one week and off and on because it's kind of like being in the house more. (laughs) Oh, okay. Maybe that is the new normal. It's a little tough on the teachers, but um, it's amazing how, you know, maybe there's a little initial fatigue, but we've really normalized this as a way of connecting. I I think that that's, it's actually a really interesting perspective. And one that I thought of uh, was, uh, was when the transition from, office to home was made in March of 2020, March and April of um, 2020. I think that it was very difficult for folks that there was, there were many folks in the first, you know, the first weeks and months that really struggled with that, um, that transition from the office. And I think that ultimately the transition back will be just as difficult. And in some cases more difficult for, for folks. I mean, we've, we've gained not only, um, time in travel and time with our children and time with, you know, one another and, uh, we more respect for the pets that we have, you know, <laughs> curled up at our feet all day. Um, they probably will have as much a, a difficult transition as we would returning to office. I, I, I feel as if, you know, your daughter brings up a good point. It's, it's, it's something that we've now, uh, dabbled in and we like, I think that it, you know, it will continue to, to become or be part of our, uh, our fabric. Totally agree. Yeah. I've, I've never worked from home ever. So mm-hmm. this was my first experience with it and it, it wasn't easy. Uh, did enjoy having the commute time back. That was awesome and still is awesome. But so I get, I get eight hours of sleep every night, most nights, which is great too. Anyway, <laughs> uh, switching gears. Uh, th- we always ask our guests a couple of questions uh, just to get some uniformity over the, the, the podcast. And one of those is, what is a commonly held belief or industry practice that you just passionately disagree with? Uh, I think uh, there is a there is still a, a commonly held belief that the customers do do not want to self serve, and I have a little bit of bias because I'm in the digital support space, and I I think that there is a, there is still some belief that that customers just want to. They just want to talk to somebody live, and that is that is the case for some uh, segments of, of society still. And there certainly are uh, situations where, uh, where where customers are are having issues that are you know probably far beyond the norm that, that require some instantaneous um, you know help and gratification, as mm-hmm. well as um, you know probably needing some velocity behind them to, to be solved for. However, I think that the majority of folks want to self-serve. I think the majority of folks want a, an experience that is, that is immediate and, um, and can, you know, be accessible and attainable from any, anywhere really. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I never, you know, think about calling any company looking for customer support <laughs> until it really gets down to a point where I just, I have no other solutions. So mm-hmm. I've, I've tried everything before I get to that point, um, that I'm actually looking for a phone number or even a direct contact, um, 
at, at any one company. So I think that there is still a stigma that the belief that that uh, contact centers must exist um, in you know in large capacity to support customers that just want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think I think that that we've moved beyond that. And good luck finding a phone number anyway. <laughs> Depending on the company, that's a good point. Never tried you to know, Jeff, can we just spend this another minute there? Because I do think that there's some self-service can get a bad rap and mm-hmm. it can sound like, well, wait a second, if I need help, if I could have fixed it myself, I would have fixed it myself. So uh, for those who aren't living and breathing this, when you picture self-service, what does that look like to you? What is that? Uh, where where are the answers that you go to first? Uh, I, you know, I, I think the boundaries are, are rapidly expanding. I think it, at, at, you know, one time it was probably a, a customer's website with some FAQs and, or excuse me, a product's or company's website with FAQs, and that was it, right? That was that was the the, the limitations of that. But now, I mean, it, it has grown into spaces where there are there are partners and supporting communities out there. There are uh, there are hobbyists. There are are you know in our case, Zoom loyalists that exist um, mm-hmm. that are just sharing tips and tricks about how you know how the latest Zoom features are being used, or how um, you know how they're um, uh, how to support a, a specific product with uh, you know quick answers because they're you know they're folks that are experts in their industry and they they just want to share that knowledge and that can exist anywhere. Self service mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't exist within the website the domain of a particular company anymore. I think um, even when we think about uh, experiences within the company domain, you know, we have, um, we've zoom has recently expanded. We have a new zoom community that has now, uh, taken off in just six months. And we have, we have hundreds of thousands of people that are coming and just conversing with one another, not necessarily with zoomies. They, there are also zoomies in there, but they're mostly solving their problem problems using, you know, using the, the knowledge of, of their peers that are also customers of Zoom. And I think that that is also self-service. And mm-hmm. not only is it self-service, but it is it is making them happier and, and frankly more knowledgeable about the products that um, that they use. It, it it has a double-edged benefit. It's it's of course cheaper to support for mm-hmm. you know for any company. It's also um, it also increases the adoption and loyalty of the product uh, that we're that we're selling. So it's you know and that's just within within our own company walls, right? There, there are other communities that exist out there that are uh, sharing. If you just Google search any, you know, kind of zoom question, you're going to find it, you know, dozens and dozens of resources out there as zoom experts that are all over the place answering questions for us. Most of them are accurate, but (laughs) (laughs) there's probably, uh, there's probably a few folks out there that, that, you know, probably, um, you know, do have to follow along with us, which is totally fine. We, we validate, um, you know, those folks happily, uh, if they come to us, which is, I, I learned a long time ago, not to be surprised about what people can get passionate about. Yeah. And I mean, in a, another lifetime, I was at an agency and, uh, uh, one of the big, uh, us tele, uh, companies were one of our customers. And, and there was this group on their Facebook page, um, that called themselves the Wolfpack, and they were just customers answering other customers' questions, and we thought it was the greatest thing. And mm-hmm. there was a huge debate wh- whether we should engage with them or not, or leave them alone, and that's a whole other story. But you know, I, and for another company, like people were getting excited about scissors, like and wanting to talk about scissors. And you're um, at first, you're like, that's crazy. <laughs> and sec, and then you learn like this is their passion because uh-huh. it helps them with you know scrapbooking or whatever. It's just really really cool to see. 
<laughs> uh, and that's that's what I was. Thank you for sharing that. I think that the 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 knowing the wording self service mm-hmm. could make it feel like you're mm-hmm. just go figure it out yourself. You're on your own, kid. And what <laughs> I think we've seen and what what the world has made possible with technology and connection is making it easier to find other experts, whether it's somebody you share some passion with or a faster resolution. So yeah, it's, a, it's um, as much about collaboration, I think, as it is. Yeah, it is, I like that collaboration. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, with all those people and all of those uh, service moments, there's so much data. And to run a business like you're running um, and the millions of people who count on your service, you're probably flooded with data. We all are in our job. We like to ask all our guests, what's the, the data that matters most to you when you think about um, things are going well, things aren't? What's the data that you look to first? You know, I think ultimately it's it's understanding our our user base and 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 who's who's visiting us so it in my world it's really about curating experiences for our customers and i think the data then that becomes most important to us is is of course have we you know indeed solved the problem for them have we made them happy and um you know in transacting with them if if it's, if it's you know that mechanical or if it's something larger are we over time and we're increasing their sentiment and really you know creating a better experience for them um customer satisfaction as is the ultimate uh measure for us it is it is it cannot be understated it 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 absolutely cannot and i think you know uh, one thing that really drew me to zoom was just their their uh just aggressive focus towards just creating happy environments for our customers. And if, if they are not uh, uh, happy, or if there's even just one one iota of, of, of concern that we sense from them, then, then we're, you know, we, we crowdsource around them and work to, to solve their issue to make them happy. And that's, that's not just for our, you know, enterprise paid most pristine accounts. It's, it's, it's for the folks that are just trying us out for the first time as well. And I, I just, I absolutely uh, adore that about Zoom. And I think that that, that is a data point that I think that if companies can get that right uh, and they can really drive a true focus around uh, what, you know, what ex- the experience is ultimately uh, culminating in from a satisfaction perspective, then, then I think that that everything else falls in line past that. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, this is CX Confessions, and so we do ask this question of all of our illustrious guests um, for one of your confessions. So, you know, we all have careers that have highs and have not so highs, and we learn from those not so highs. So could you share um, a hard lesson that you might have learned along your journey, either at Zoom or someplace else? Well, uh, I, I will tell you the hardest lesson that I've learned uh, through through you know two decades of doing this two decades geez, <laughs> been, since I was just a child starting in this career field. <laughs> it wow, is prodigy, a, prodigy. It, wow, for sure. Just call me Doogie. Uh, it is a it is a, a honestly, but it is the knowledge that the knowledge uh, component of of self service of digital support is is I think by far the most undervalued uh, piece of of any self service or or um, digital support experience. Um, I have, uh, in recent years really begun to just overemphasize, uh, my focus in that space. Um, I, I, it, ironically enough, you know, I started out on the front lines, uh, working at AT&T just after the air force. And I, you know, I, I didn't really appreciate what, you know, uh, that 
collective knowledge, um, the value of that and how, how valuable it could be to me. But over the years, I've really begun to understand that. I think, um, you know, our, our Zoom right now is in the process of rolling out a, the KCS methodology, which is a, probably another podcast, but it is, a, it is, you know, an opportunity for us to really um, both internally and externally share and collaborate on any knowledge that we capture. And I think that that has, for me, been, I've figured that out, that that is the most valuable outcome that any of my teams um, have been able to produce. And it, it ultimately, it drives AI, it drives our our chat experience, our auto responses, it drives our, the agent experience. It is, you know, ultimately the, the best SEO experience. All of those get touched by uh, great content and uh, really reinforcing uh, in, in underpinning in that area. That's great. Thank you for sharing. So wait, I want to make sure if it's the most valuable for your employees, what, what's the thing? Where is this? How are they sourcing that? You, you used an acronym I didn't recognize. Yeah. Oh, so I'm sorry. <laughs> KCS is, uh, is a methodology, knowledge-centered uh, service or knowledge-centered support, depending on which generation you're from, um, which is which That's is a about, new one. We haven't heard that acronym oh, on our oh, show great. yet. So, yes. um, so I will tell you, this is, um, this, this is a, um, I would definitely recommend, uh, looking into this. There's an entire consortium of, of, um, companies out there that are, you know, that work together and have been for, it's been almost two decades, I think, probably as long since I was a child that, that, <laughs> that industry has really been uh, created and this methodology has been perfected over time to, to, uh, understand, uh, and solve four issues once and only once. And that's, I think the biggest value of this is uh, how many calls and how many chats and how many emails can we get for the exact same question? Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, KCS really, um, you know, it drives to, to solve and evolve that content uh, such that it is immediately putting it back out for, for self-service consumption for others to use. So we, we solve the problem once and everybody gets to learn from it. And that's the biggest value that KCS provides. Not a KCS commercial, but I will tell you, um, you know, my peers working for much bigger companies than myself, uh, than Zoom, uh, et cetera, are, are using KCS with great degrees of success. And, and mm-hmm. I have to say that's, that, that is, uh, definitely been a lesson that I've learned that I will take with me going forward as well. That is very cool. We love learning new things on the show. KCS, uh, and actually your quote, I wrote down, um, nobody wants to feel like a ticket. I mean, that just to me, was a really, (laughs) that's, that's the heart of the way that I think the CX expectation has changed so much, just that you just Mm -hmm. want to be understood and known, um, by the companies you're doing business with. So but Jeff, it is re- we've reached the time now. Our show's almost over. Speaking of your childhood, we always like to close with a little personal information and uh, for our listeners to get to know Jeff Harling a little bit better. Thank you for sharing all of your business stories and your CX expertise with us. We're now going to learn a little bit more about you. This is what we like to call <laughs> quick fire confessions. Um, so you mentioned your childhood. We're going to start with the first one we always ask. What was your first concert? <laughs> this is going to date me. Twisted Sister. Oh, yes. <laughs> that I had is the hair. very nice. I had the hair to go with it. That's cute. We just Where'd talked you... to someone whose first concert was Rat with two T's. Oh. So we're, yes, we're all... That was probably all... my second or third concert. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> twisted sister. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, how about your first job? Oh, uh, paper route. Okay, no, there you go. Yeah, I was twelve. That was uh, that was that was a great day in my life to turn twelve. Not because it was my birthday, but because I could call the paper company and I was I was delivering papers within a week. Solid wow, American. What is paper? Love it. 
job. There you go. What paper, Jeff? Oh, uh, Seattle Post. The Seattle Post. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you couldn't do what you're doing today, which is hard to imagine, you're very passionate about self-service. If you couldn't do what you were doing, what profession would you attempt? Oh, you know, I, <laughs> uh, fun fact, I really love, uh, tearing things down and building them back up again. Uh, so it would be house flipping for sure. Um, I, I would do that all day. I'm in the middle of a bathroom project right now. Um, Remodeling, of course, waiting wow. for parts, which is, I think, like everyone else uh, on the planet right now. But uh, yeah, it's absolutely love doing that. So that awesome. I admire that so much. Mm -hmm. I do not have that uh, genetic code. That is very cool. <laughs> I thankfully have lots of friends who have that code, so I invite them over whenever I have needs like that. And There's a YouTube for that. I promise. <laughs> I will. I guarantee I will mess it up, and it'll cost me more after I try to attempt it every time. Um, what is your current favorite app on your phone? Uh, you know, I'm going to say the Zoom app, but well, okay. let's just set that one aside for the app for obviously. Appreciate reasons. that. Appreciate that. Um, it, it has to be TikTok. It has to be. And say more about that. Why? It is. A, it is it, I Well, I will just warn people. It, it can be a compulsion, honestly. You get to start <laughs> with TikTok. Uh, it's difficult to stop. And especially if you're if you're in any, any particular, you know, area of interest, like, you know, home improvement, there's a... In, you know, there are entire, uh, you know, channels and spaces for, for just home improvement and, mm -hmm. uh, understanding what current trends are and such. It's, it's, and it's always comic relief. There's always great comedy on TikTok. So if you just enjoy laughing, um, that's a good way to end my day. Agreed. I know your dad, Jeff, what do your kids say about dad being on TikTok? <laughs> well, I am not on TikTok, but I'm surprised that they have not developed. I was trying to yet. figure that out. Yeah, no kidding. I should, no. uh, I should like tell dad jokes or something. I feel like there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a space for me there. Yeah, I do. I actually follow a couple of dad joke, uh, you know, uh, content providers, but yeah, they're they're all over the place. Well, we all need some laughs. So that's uh, that. It's just that has been amazing. I mean, honestly, if you think about the last two years companies that have have become so ubiquitous it'd be hard to say anybody more than zoom and tiktok really <laughs> right. these two, you know um so we know that you have a secret tiktok addiction but mm -hmm. uh your our final question jeff is what's your biggest indulgence Oh, uh, biggest indulgence uh travel uh and food and i not necessarily in that order I, I don't, uh, I don't have a, I don't know if I would rank those because I usually travel to eat or I eat with the hopes of traveling. I don't know. It's, I think it, 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 it is something that I, I like to do. I've certainly have been, um, you know, stemmed from doing that the last couple of years, but, um, I love building, uh, you know, uh, uh travel itineraries and, uh, usually try to, you know, enjoy my travel and I don't, try to travel on the cheap because I really want to enjoy and get out and see as many tours and as, as much history as I can possibly absorb in those. And of course, along with that comes food. Tell, I've got to know, tell us one of your favorite trips that was food related I mean, you, or a food moment on one of your favorites. You, I mean, you, you can't, yeah, you can't dismiss any trip to Italy. <laughs> this is oh. there's like, it's literally the, uh, the, the worst meal in the entire country is you know, probably better than the best meal I've ever had here. <laughs> but just, yeah, every, every bite is heavenly. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I, what I really enjoyed was learning, um, learning about the history of the food that you're eating. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and understanding that, you know, there are certain types of 
cheese that you can only get in Italy that you cannot get anywhere else, despite the fact that people try to put them on a plane and take them elsewhere. It's not the same because they have very specific guidelines around the, the consumption within a certain amount of time after uh, something, a, a certain type of cheese That's has been processed, right? Huh. Art takes many forms. Yeah, Art takes many really forms. It really does. Thank you for sharing that, Jeff. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the last year or so, and I knew you'd be a fantastic guest. Was that right, Spike? So right. So, so right. So right. So right. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. This is going to be, I know, one of our big hits. Um, thank you, everybody who joined us to listen in. We hope you'll tune in for the next episode of CX Confessions. And in the meantime, please like and subscribe. Thanks so much. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Spike. Thanks, Catherine. Your customers expect to be understood. Their likes and dislikes, their history with your brand, and their communication preferences. But so many companies struggle to connect the dots of interaction across their own teams and channels, and it's creating customer experience challenges and disasters. That's where Koros can help. Koros is the award-winning customer engagement platform built to turn those siloed interactions with your customer into enterprise value. Koros works with more than 2,000 of the world's leading brands and powers more than 500 million digital interactions every day. Koros is the award-winning platform for digital-first customer engagement. Ready to create human connection across the digital customer experience to create customers for life? Learn more at Koros.com. Thanks for listening to CX Confessions, brought to you by Koros. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player and give us a rating. See you next time.